my name is Jacob, and welcome to episode 54 of the Folk Podcast. Today is going to be a little bit more of a casual conversation, I suppose. Um, That's because Ian, myself, and Baker just got back from the gathering um, in Pennsylvania, and then Shirt is going to be going to the gathering in Texas here very soon in San Antonio, right? Yeah, yeah, it's right outside San Antonio a little bit. Uh, I think the little town called Fresno. I mean, not like a lot of people heard of it, but I was about to say, isn't Fresno not a little town, or is that California? I'm thinking of. I, I don't know about California, but I know in, in Texas is a little bit bigger than my town, not much bigger. Well, regardless, there's a gathering going on, which is very exciting. I think in total, we have had. 15 gatherings this year or something like that like i think texas will be 15 and the same time texas is happening there is going to be one in wisconsin at the same very time so that'd be 16 uh which is pretty darn incredible scary and just over like my mind is blown because i just can't believe how much these things have developed um and it's really amazing so in this episode we kind of reflect on the gatherings and why we think they're important Something that uh, Ian, myself, and Baker have all kind of shared from this last gathering is the importance of fellowship. Now, this is obviously something that, like a term that has carried with us for very long, um, basically since the beginning, because there was nine at the original gathering, so we got to calling ourselves the fellowship. And then uh, the organization, if you want to call it that, of who we are, is basically called the fellowship as well. And so this is kind of be, you know, the term that's carried forward throughout the entire history of this, you know, organization thing. Um, So really, I just want to reflect on the idea of what fellowship means and why it's so important to us as community and why, you know, it's so important to paganism. Uh, But Baker, I know you said you can't make it all the way through the podcast. So let's go and start with you. What are, uh, how are your thoughts now a week away? uh, Well, we left the gathering basically a week ago. So what are your thoughts? It's just, it's all, it's always a great experience to be able to, to spend time and to just build bonds and I never do good with on the spot. <laughs> you want to know this by now, Jacob. <laughs> right. But at the same time, but, you're like, well, I got to go. I was like, well, we got to get Baker first one. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's always good to, it's, it never amazes me. The, the amount of uh, the, the strength of the bonds and everything like that that you build in the, in a span of only three days when it comes to a gathering and how that stays with you long after that. one. Cause there's things that I remember back from, you know, obviously the first gathering that we had um, back in Kentucky of, well, what was it, March of last year? Yeah, it was like and March then, 20th or something like that. Yeah, and then just like Ben's a good example, like not seen Ben. I've talked to him a few, uh, yeah, I've talked to him when I can on Instagram and everything like that, but I still have bonds that I built with him back at, uh, you know, last summer. Yeah, and we had, not seen yeah. him since. I haven't seen Ben since last midsummer. And yeah, mm. we, you know, him and I still talk fairly often. Mm. Or like uh, Jason Rawls, like Jason Rawls is fairly active in our community and, you know, me and him talk pretty much every day, but, you know, he hasn't been to a gathering since this first gathering he went to, which was a fall gathering. So it's been a year since he's been to a gathering, even though he's still very active within the community. I'm actually getting, getting, getting together with him here in a couple of weeks to do a tattoo. And then he's oh, nice. talking about, then he's talking about going to the, uh, going to Yule when we get it planned. Yeah. I gave him the dates for Yule. So getting that figured out um so for anyone asking about gathering so it, it's always fun after having gathering was like whoa how do i come to these events um and i feel like a lot of my messages become just responding to this so the way as it is now the best way to attend a gathering is to be on patreon and on the discord 
it's not a perfect system and it's not a system we want to last forever but as of right now it is the best system we have simply because you know there's a few factors to that um you know one we don't want just complete randoms showing up at these gatherings we want to get to know people a little bit i mean it's a you know an okay world out there but it's still a scary world especially as norse pagans and heathens you have to be a little careful of who you allow to come to these events you know they are very sacred to us and so we don't want anyone coming there you know to cause any problems and so far we've had no problems knock on wood at an actual physical gathering you know yeah everyone knock on some wood uh, <laughs> and it's just one of those things you know the reason we don't have many problems no problems is because we are very careful who we allow to come to these events and discord is a great way to get to know people before we get them to come and I should also say that these gatherings are not Discord or Patreon exclusive. We have many people come to these events who do not support the Wisdom of Odin on Patreon and whatnot. It's just they just happen to know somebody that goes to these events as well. We've had spouses and children come to these things um, that aren't on Patreon as well. And it's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, the Patreon and Discord has really provided us a way to, you know, create a wonderful and safe environment for people um, to get to know people beforehand, to organize and plan it. And we haven't found the equivalent that could, you know, really equal that as well. You know, I have a few ideas, but there's nothing really in the works yet. So that as of right now, that's the best way to get involved in the gatherings. Um, and we do have a lot going on. We usually have three to four every season at this point, and I'm already working on plans for Yule, which we'll have in Ohio this year. And I know there'll be several other Yules as well. Yeah, I'm planning on bringing a friend of mine with me that takes us one in fall. Oh, the one in a couple weeks? Mm-hmm. Is it your brother? No, sadly, uh, with our work schedule, we both can't be off at the same time. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, because, you know, logging, we're a short crew, small crew. There's no, like, backup. So, like, we both can't take off or the whole job. That's shut down. Well, it is for religious reasons. Yeah, not, not, to, <laughs> not to my dad. My dad's a Christian minister, and he's just like, no. He's, he the tries, pagans have taken over. He tries to convert <laughs> me all the time at work now. Um, but yeah, so right now the plan, you know, I need to see. So the plan for the Yule gathering in Ohio is either going to be 32 or up to 64. We need to see on this property we're looking at. They have an option for 64, um, oh. but it doesn't have a kitchen. And we're trying to negotiate a kitchen involved there because there is a kitchen, but not quite a kitchen. So we're working on that. And as long as we can get the kitchen with the 64 people, we will have 50 to 60 people. Yeah, uh, I, can't, sure. I cannot imagine 64 people because okay. we had, what, 50? What did we have at Yule last year? 52? Okay, yeah. So we had 53 people in total. We had planned 60, but we had like seven last-minute dropouts, um, which is the problem with having 60 people is we have found at least in our one experience having that many is that people tend to drop out um 53 was a great accomplishment because it's very hard doing the airbnb verbo model of renting out a place to have that many people especially for winter when no one can camp outside um mm -hmm. and that is you cannot believe the amount of work goes into i mean this is to our audience uh you will not believe the amount of work goes into feeding and housing people for three nights 53 people. It's absolutely obscene. <laughs> like that That's is, why I'm surprised you I mean, want to do it again already. <laughs> it's, it's the equivalent of a small army. I mean, it really is. Like when you think about it, you got to house, thing. feed, 
and make sure there's enough water at least to go. What's around. a platoon, Ian? Was it a hundred people? Oh, a platoon. I was it like in the army? That's a, a platoon. You were in the military. You were in the military for ten years, Ian. Okay, so the, a platoon <laughs> is like the same size as a flight for your for for you, Ian. For a flight, so that's yeah, about 50, 60 people to hundred. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so we have yeah. a platoon worth of people. Yeah, that's what I was saying. There's literally a small army. Like the, throughout history, people have used at least sixty men army to take over things. So, like, yeah, I will. I will say with this gathering, it was funny because you know, on the topic of food, you know, usually I feel like the ability to feed people is one of our besides beds is always one of our like oh yeah like logistical nightmares, but. You know, usually we get it just right on the money. There's very few things that are are left over, you know, and then we're good to go. But for this gathering, it was funny because we had so much food left over even at the so end. The amount of bread that was left. Yeah. Well, yeah, we had Sean, which I, you know, Sean, you know, I think he listens to the podcast. So, Sean, you brought so many goddamn bagels. Like, what are we going to do with all them bagels? <laughs> well, you're a hobbit. You're supposed to eat, like, all your seven meals. We had, Jacob. like, 15 loaves of bread. Like, 120 bagels or something like that. I think it was I think it was exactly 86 or 87 bagels. I remember seeing oh it gosh. in the Discord when he, when he mentioned it. And I was just like, yo, that's a lot of bagels, bro. <laughs> yeah, we had, you know, we have Blade. He talks about his milk gang or whatever he's got now, where it was just him and a bunch of guys that would be eat in the kitchen and just drink milk together. So they were oh, just yeah. drinking milk four or five times a day, and we still had milk by the end, you know, like, oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah, usually we get that with milk. Usually it's eggs. Many- usually eggs are the thing that we have a lot of leftovers of, because I would, I'm usually the egg person for gatherings, and I buy those massive. Yeah, and you brought, like, all 32 eggs for two days i brought 60 in total thank you oh, okay i'm so sorry how many people was at this fall gathering uh 32 32 yeah, so everybody got one egg a day <laughs> <laughs> you had like a little teaspoon in the egg tray Dude, like you you had you, you had a small amount of eggs and you get double the bread you need <laughs> oh yeah so much portions bread. well another problem like we had too much bacon it was just we didn't have mm. the means to cook that much bacon. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there was like, what, seven, eight packs of freaking bacon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there yeah, was we, easily we had like about 10 pounds of bacon total. Was yeah. it, I thought they were two pounds each. And so oh, they, were they? I don't know. Oh, they were cooking they were for mega, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in charge of eggs. Everybody gets one egg. Everyone else just pile <laughs> the bread and bacon. No, yeah. I, I would say, you know, kind of going into like the back to like the fellowship aspect of, you know, you just want to talk about the fact that you failed at the eggs. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> hey, he did good with the Philgia thing. That's the important part. Right. Yeah, I, that's one thing I was going to yeah, ask like because I seen where uh, you posted online about it, Ian, and you were talking about how that was such a great moment and how you and uh, was it Darius? Darius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. How, how y'all were able to lead that Uh, yeah so this this gathering overall for me was one of a lot of personal growth both in the mundane and the spiritual aspects so just to kind of give a quick rundown at least of my weekend for it the very first day we get there right and i had already had something planned for myself where i was basically going to do some very intense you know shadow work and uh, 
how this kind of went about was we showed up, we had the Lanvatir and the Thor's ritual back to back on Friday night. And basically, as soon as I was done, I disappeared into the woods the entire night. So the whole premise of the shadow work that I was doing was to separate myself completely from everybody in the group. And I had gone, I'd already, I'd picked out a spot when there was still light. I went out to that spot and I stayed awake and out in those woods until the sun came up. So for me, it was, you know, it was, it was very different from other gatherings that I've been to where that first night is usually when everybody at least that hasn't met each other, you know, sits down, they start to talk to each other and meet each other where, you know, half of the group that was there at this gathering were fellowship leaders. So I'd already, you know, either met them in person or I've interacted, you know, whether it's podcasts or, you know, in the discord, et cetera. <clears throat> and the other half was relatively new people that I hadn't met yet. And yeah, it was just one of those kind of funny things. Like I kind of like, I felt bad a little bit because I was like, oh damn, like I haven't, you know, I want to, you know, at least say hi to, to the people that I haven't spoken to yet, but also like, I have some really important like spiritual work to do. So I literally just pranced off into the woods, you know, for the entire night. And so for me, it was, you know, that next morning on Saturday uh, was when I kind of finally was able to get into meeting everybody and stuff like that. And kind of having talked to, you know, Jacob about it and a few other of the fellowship leaders just over in, in general, um, this gathering was was more of a a strong bonding experience than a more so than a spiritual experience like don't get me wrong there's definitely big spiritual stuff going on but i feel like this one in particular was just more about being around those who were there you know just having forming those bonds like like baker was saying you know forming those bonds that you know I'm, I'm confident will outlast, you know, any of us. And, and well, I'm pretty sure like every single person that's going to, that went to this gathering told me we will be at Yule. Like, I'm like, yeah. pretty, I'm pretty sure like almost every single person was like, we'll be at Yule. Don't worry. We'll find a way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it was, yeah, it was definitely one of those very strong bonding modes. I mean, you know, it, it, it was, it just had a different feel to it. You know, and yeah, kind of diving into the field gear thing. Um, you know, it was it's funny how that that even came into into play was we were discussing, you know, what rituals and stuff we were gonna do in the Discord. <clears throat> and it just kind of was one of those things that just popped in my head. I was like, huh, it'd be really cool. It was actually shortly after we had filmed or we had recorded the field gear episode with Darius that we had that 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 meeting about you know what rituals we were going to do and what times and what days and it just popped in my head we should you know i want to do something philia related in at this gathering and i was like who would who would be the you know who would be a good pick to help me out with that and i was like oh darius immediately you know it just kind of clicked in my head and i literally just typed in the discord hey darius you want to do a philia like ritual meditation at the gathering he was just like yeah dope cool so that's literally how it was planned out you know, that's literally how it went. And we, we had discussed it enough to where, you know, we had a good idea of how we were going to do everything. We had no idea that, you know, how many people were going to show up for it. You know, because it wasn't necessarily a, a main ritual. It was one of the side things that often go down at gatherings. And, uh, 
we expected maybe 10, 15, you know, maybe about half of the, the group that was there. Almost every single person at the gathering, except for I think for maybe four, were there. And we were just looking at each other like, oh, this is this is a lot bigger than we thought, you know. So it was a little like a little bit of the pressure added was added on. And I didn't know this until after we had we had done the ritual and after the gathering, you know, was done with and everybody was back home and stuff. But that was Darius's first actual like ritual done at a gathering besides the prayer thing. Yeah. So that was his first and he did the prayer one like two hours later. Yeah. And I didn't know that. I didn't even I didn't even register in my mind that that was Darius's first thing. And I was just like, oh, well, it, you know, for me, it was, I feel like it was personally, it was one of my, my, I want to say crowning achievements, but one of my most proud, like one of my proudest moments as a pagan because of the, just the response and just how well it, everything went, flowed with it. And yeah, the experiences that everybody had, I mean, Baker, you were part of it. You know, you can kind of attest to a bit of this, but it was, I was getting ready to say, it's like, I'm, I'm honestly really glad that y'all did that because y'all really helped me out. I've been trying and struggling with it. Hadn't been able to find a way to connect. And then that was the perfect like gateway into it. Yeah. Between that and like, me figuring out about, you know, that I needed to use George to help do it. So <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it went, it was more than I had ever expected it to have gone. You know, it was one of the things that I even, you know, during my little part of the ritual, I said, you know, there's a, a chance that you might not experience anything during this meditation, but that's okay. You know, and not only was that, you know, me saying that for everybody else that was obviously participating, so not let people get, you know, upset or, or you know, uh, beaten down by the fact that something may have not happened. It was also a thing too for myself, I feel like indirectly of being like, hey, you know, keep your expectations to a certain, you know, a, a realistic way. And, you know, some people aren't going to get something. Some people are, you know, I, you know, it was just one of those things that going into it, I had no idea how, how it was potentially going to pan out. Yeah. And impactful it was, and, you know, and then when we were sitting there when Darius and I were basically standing on the sidelines, watching people to make sure nobody went like too deep in meditation or, you know, anything crazy like that happened. Um, and just kind of observing people, and just seeing some of the physical reactions that not and not bad physical reactions like just emotionally heavy reactions that people were having to it were it was crazy to sit there and actually witness and watch it happening like right there in front of us and then had talking to everybody afterwards it was honestly yeah hands down it was one of my my crowning achievements so far i feel like as as a fellowship leader you know and i feel like a lot of that goes into just the the trust that is put into you as you know as one of these fellowship leaders and and people that do these rituals and you know some of a lot of the people that were new have either you know briefly talked to me on the discord or they've listened to the podcast you know and some of the stuff you know that we've talked about has helped them so it's it's interesting to finally you know it's it's interesting and exciting to meet people you know that well, and they then someone like, I forget who it was. It was like Devin or Dante. They were talking, like we were sitting down talking and he said it was awesome to meet you, Ian. You know, because I he believe heard... it was Devin. Yeah. And I was like, and I oh, had... that's wild. Yeah, because him and I had spoken. Yeah, I believe it was Devin. We, him and I had spoken out by the fire as well because he had asked me about my shadow work thing and he kind of asked me, you know, 
uh, what, you know, like, what's the purpose of shadow work? Or like, how do you even go about doing that? And I kind of, you know, explained it to him a little bit. But yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. It was, it was nice to kind of finally meet people, you know, that they know us, you know, like our voice right. and stuff like that because of the podcast and whatever, you know. And it, it's nice to physically be there and meet, meet these people and, and, and give back, you know, physically at a gathering and stuff like that. And it's just, dude, it was just nice. It was just all around. It was a good gathering. Yeah, I'm hoping but, Darius can make it to the Texas one because I've been talking to him and I want to try to get him to help me get into a trance. Um, I just need, I wanted to ask you all about the, uh, the fair ritual that me and Darius did because I tried something a little bit different with it as far as like how I prepared for it. Um, and this kind of goes into, I guess this like reaches back to like last year and shit too. Um, but I've always felt like if I don't put like as much, as much of myself into it as I can, then I will fail at it. And I feel like that's part of like what led up to the whole thing with you last year. Um, and the reason I tried it at this one, as far as just kind of going in easily and lightly and, you know, a different type of energy is uh, when I was getting ready for the ancestor ritual at the uh, midsummer gathering, I went out there and I was trying to get into like a deeper trance or like a, you know, something like that, you know, I'd go out and do a meditation by the fire by myself. And then I had somebody come up and talk to me. And then we were just talking, he was talking to me about like his, uh, his father and uh, how much he meant to him and everything like that, how he was going to honor him during the ritual. And uh, it just, I still got to that same place, but it was a completely different way than I intended. And so I was just curious how that came across to you all because you were both in attendance for it. So as far as the fair ritual this time around, um, I think what was most, like what I noticed the most was how everyone hung around afterwards and was just sharing stories of like, you know, things that they had done, you know, or things that were coming up you know, uh, like Logan and Mary mentioned they were buying a house and then everyone clapped and stuff like that. And I think, again, this kind of like reflects on my larger view of everything is it was much more natural is like, cause Frere, you know, a lot of the things that he's tied to aren't these big explosive revelations. They're part of natural cycles. And which is something that you tapped into in the ritual itself is talking about cycles and the seeds we plant. And so, you know, everyone talking about, you know things that they did accomplish in their everyday life you know, many people came up and actually talked and spoke. And it, I think it was just good for people to have that, you know, it, it was just so old world, you know, hey, you only see these people every so often, you know, what things do you have going on in your life? And I think having Frere there for that moment where everyone shares what their seeds have grown into, I think was really important. And to me was a very powerful experience, even though it wasn't explosive, it was very subtle. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I feel like everything all the gathering or all the gatherings all the rituals uh just felt very natural and i, I noticed that uh you know like kind of like what you said jacob a lot of us just kind of hung around after for a while you know as a group like it, it wasn't one of those things where you know at, at past gatherings a ritual happens you know and it's it it ends so the ritual is done and then usually people just scatter and go about their the rest of their evening and you know Either they have to go, you know, spiritually recharge or they, you know, they go off into the woods by themselves and, and, you know, contemplate the ritual if they, depending on the experience that they had, et cetera. But I noticed, you know, with this gathering, mainly with, yeah, the frere ritual and the 
you know, the final ritual um, on Sunday, you know, we all just stayed. And it was very, very rare for anybody to really just wander off after one of the rituals. And I, I, that was something that it was just, yeah, it was just very, oh, just very, I feel like community heavy and like, and connected. And I don't know, it's, it's just different. It was very different. It was very natural. Like you said, it, everything just felt supernatural and just felt supernatural you say oh, oh. <laughs> I know. as soon as i said that i was just like there's a space in between those two words um, <laughs> but yeah it was just oh it was just so different especially compared to last year's fall gathering well i mean as far as like me leading a ritual at the fall gathering last year to this year that's a one eighty. <laughs> yeah, I, bet. I stuck around I for all of this. One. Right, you actually remember it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I'm really glad. I'm really glad to hear. Uh, I'm really glad to hear that it came across the way I intended to. I knew it felt good, but I, for whatever reason, I just didn't get around to being able to ask anybody about it. So I'm I, glad. I, I feel like that's a common thing when, for those of us who have put on rituals and stuff like that, at least especially for we've only done it a few times. Like I know for myself, like I'm, I'm a, I'm my worst enemy, you know, I am my hardest critic and, mm. you know, that's always something like going into even doing, you know, something as simple, well, I say as simple, but even like with the field gear ritual and meditation, you know, that I was, you know, I'm always worried that I'm either not getting my point across, you know, to help people get into, you know, that particular mindset for, you know, in that case for a meditation and what to kind of like focus on to help them get through it. And then, um, you know, obviously I had Darius there to help with this, the second half of it. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I feel like it's always one of those things when you do a ritual, you always immediately like, I, you think to yourself, I hope that the 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 meaning behind it the feeling that behind it that i you know and all the intention that we want to put into it was got across you know, yeah was was projected and got across to everybody else because you know we have are this you know our own ideas of how we feel like things should go but it's you know for those who have done rituals you you don't feel really anything sometimes you know yeah. you don't necessarily well, feel the spiritual you're not on the receiving end of it you are that the, the projector you're, you're yeah. the one who yeah. are per perpetuating the aura that you're trying to get across is how I, I kind of see it yeah so it can get it can get a little you can get inside your head a little bit i feel like. so it's funny you know uh you know i'm like two gatherings ahead of everyone as far as like leading rituals is because i've led quite a few over the last year and a half so i feel like I'm coming to these realizations because that's something I realized, you know, a few months ago when I was leading rituals. It's like, you know, it's not about you. It's about the experiences yeah. of others. Um, but now I've come around and it's not about me. It's about, it's not about me. And it's not about necessarily the people there. It's about what you are trying to do. And yes, yourself and the people at the ritual are all part of that. And you want all of those people to have a good experience. So if you focus on the ritual and why you're doing it, everyone including yourself gets something out of it and there's nothing wrong with doing obviously if you're doing a personal ritual perfectly fine if you're doing a ritual focusing on others like a group led meditation perfectly fine but something i've definitely learned and something i brought into the ancestor ritual that i did at this gathering is you know i focus purely on the ritual and what i was doing 
And yes, again, there was a group offering involved and I had my own personal things involved there, but those were all part of the greater picture. And so me giving an offering to the fire, because, you know, if you were there, it's not, it's not even the video uh, that comes out basically the day this episode comes out is, you know, I gave a personal offering during the ritual, during everyone being there of things I gathered with me while I was in Germany, I put into the fire and gave um, to the fire to allow us the opportunity to speak with our ancestors. And then after that, after I, I opened that up, then people came forward with their offerings. And so we did have like this group offering, including myself, all coming together. Um, and so, you know, like I had a goal in that ritual was to, you know, summon the ancestors, but also to protect us because of, you know, the, the, the energies that were out and about during the fall, especially last year. And so it was both a protection spell, but also a spell of celebration. And if, you know, and to me that all worked, you know, if, you know, I sit back and think, what were my main goals? My main goal was to protect us. After that, the woods calmed down. No one had any weird experiences. Everyone had good experiences. It was to celebrate. And then every single day, you know, everyone just celebrated. Everyone just had a good time. And, you know, again, I think the main purpose of the ritual I put on was to create what we all have been feeling after the gathering. And I'm not saying that to be like, it's all because of my ritual. I'm saying that because it's exciting to see that that's what I wanted. And that's what came out of it. Uh, I think we need to do an episode on the power of intent because that, that holds a lot of key, especially like when I found doing ritual, like even though I've only led the one Thor ritual at the Texas gathering that me and Ian did, I focus heavily on what I felt like Thor wanted to project out, if that makes any sense. And that's that was the key focus for me whenever I prepared that ritual was Thor's getting ready to go to Jotunheim. It's getting close to winter. And, and really, to me, the fall gathering is the collection of the harvest, where all the your community comes together. And then, you know, you want to talk about the fellowship, and that's what that is, is all of us coming together as one. And that's what, to me, the, the fall gathering represents, is that collecting the harvest that we've, we've put forth so far through the year and getting ready for winter. I had a pause because my grandma was letting the dogs out, so I didn't catch a little bit of that. Because you live with your grandma now. I know. <laughs> temporarily, temporarily. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, yeah, no, I do agree with the intent thing. And it, it, it's kind of like what you were saying, Jacob, with the, the, the focus of you know why we do these rituals isn't always you know it's obviously not for ourselves or even necessarily for the group that we are doing it for but it's what you're trying to convey through that ritual and that's that's definitely something that i wanted that i was focusing on when doing the field gift thing is i had you know it wasn't necessarily about me it wasn't necessarily about the individuals it was about the the idea or the the uh the i'm trying to think of the best way to describe it like the result that yeah. I was hoping for and I was trying to get everybody to reach for, you know, did I expect almost every single person that was there to have something? Absolutely not. And that's why I was, you know, and, and it, it was both humbling and mind blowing, you know, to see, you know, when you focus on a very specific thing regarding, you know, a ritual at a gathering and you go with it with the intent of you want, you want to focus more on the the intention behind the ritual itself and not necessarily on yourself doing it or the individuals that are participating in it and what they're receiving, but just that the general overall 
this is what we're here for, this is what we're doing and focus on that. I feel like, you know, the results and the, the overall effect is a lot more powerful. So I think I have the perfect analogy. Let's see if I can wrap this together because I'm literally still unraveling it in my brain. As a ritual leader, as someone leading a ritual at a gathering, as someone leading a root ritual, you are the composer to a symphony. You have the players and the audience. And yes, you have to focus on both things, but ultimately you're not thinking about the audience the whole time. Yes, you want them to enjoy the music. You want them to feel something from the music, but you can't necessarily focus on them the whole time. You know, not everyone in that audience is necessarily going to be moved by what you're creating, but you have to still, you can't focus on the few people that might not have an experience. Now, of course you can listen to critics. You can listen to people that may not have an experience and you can adapt your next time you compose a symphony. But at the end of the day, when you are actually at a ritual, you are thinking about the 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 tools that you're you know ex, um, you know use Oval. exposal. Yeah, I was going to say exposure, and I'm like, that's not the right. Word. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a very good analogy. I like that. Yeah, and I want I have to you know clarify when I say tools, you know, I I don't mean like you know people are a tool, rituals are a tool, but I mean ultimately you have tools of your ritual practice. You know, are you giving an offering? Are you singing? Are you dancing? You know, what are you using to create a feeling? Right. I mean, because you can use poetry, you can yeah. there, time. There there's so many different things you can use to create that symphony that you're looking for. If we're going to continue with your analogy, uh, but you know. It, it's amazing, like, because I've been to the two gatherings and to see, like, when the way you lead uh, from watching your videos, how you first started out to where you are now, the exponential growth that you you see because you've, you've done it more, you've got accustomed to doing it more, and you're going to continually get better the more you do it. Yeah, and if I have any – now, of course, I'm not – in a formalized Oscar group. I've never been a part of one, so I don't know how their ritual experiences have progressed. But looking at like the Icelandic people, one of my biggest critiques is they always have very somber rituals, at least the ones I can look at. And, um, you know, there's two sides of that because I, I can kind of see that, like again, what uh, Baker was saying before he had to leave is, you know, he went from doing these rituals like the Beast of Odin, uh, the Odin ritual at the Yule Gathering to something like the Freya ritual, which was actually a lot more low-key. And that was actually very similar to what an, like a formalized Ostertru ritual would have been like. And so that has its place. But also that, you know, things like that, yes, are, you know, seasonal. You can do them every year. It works. But there's not as much evolution in it. You lose the composer aspect. You're the, you're the composer playing the same song. You know, we want to make sure we're not just playing the greats all the time. You know, let's try to get experimental. Let's try something different. Um, and I think that's the beauty of it. Again, like, you know, listen to your audience afterwards. Um, it's something I do after every gathering. I try to go up to most people and see how their experience was with certain rituals. And then I can adapt that in future rituals. Um, you know, there's no one set way to do this religion, to do a group ritual, um, which again is my critique of formalized Ossetruz. It seems like they think there's only like one or two set ways to do a ritual. And to me, that's, you know, you're wasting potential there with what we can do with it. Yeah, I think honestly, I think just the word growth is a good way of describing this entire gathering, at least the feeling that I got from it for a multitude of different people. Because we had, you know, half of the people there were the fellowship leaders and stuff like that, and the, the regional leaders, fellowship leaders, whatever you want to call us. Um, you know, some of us have been practicing for a long time, some of us still relatively new, but. I feel like there was enough stuff that, you know, enough of an impact from each 
individual ritual because like you said you know we we adapt to how we do things based off of previous experiences and you know they tend to be different almost every time like i'm sure you know baker could do a fur ritual next year or in the spring and it could be completely different from the one in this you know this fall you could do an ancestor ritual next fall or during yule or something like that and it could be completely different and still have you know a tremendous effect on people and i think that's just i think that's just a good way of kind of looking at this gathering overall is you know comparing it to last year's uh <laughs> fall gathering which was very much i want to i don't want to quite say like a, a free-for-all but it was a oh, i'm going to call that as chaos energy yeah it was yeah, yeah it was very much <laughs> chaos energy uh, no, this one where it was very it was yeah it was very natural it was it was uh, uh i don't even want to say controlled because well, you know it really wasn't but like it was it was a naturally flowing progression from last year's and it was very you know very uh i don't even i don't even know the words to really describe it evolved but like, yeah right? yeah yeah that's why i think growth. but i want to say like ordered but like you know like ordering well, the yeah. spectrum but it was more I still, I still think the best word for me is fulfilling. Like I just left that guy yeah. so fulfilled. Well, yeah. and too, like because, like you said, most of the leaders were there, and, and I know a bunch of people that went to the fall gathering. Y'all had a whole year of growth to really experience the faith, and then to go through different uh, transformations you've made throughout this year, and that all culminated and cultivated there at the fall gathering you know because ian you're completely different than you were a year ago well yes you too jacob yeah <laughs> I know. well i mean other than like the physical <laughs> the yeah yeah you know you're, you're all y'all have grown spiritually you're going to and, and you should as you get older you should mature more spiritually you know that's the whole point of the growth and growing older is to get wiser and more mature and so, you know, you're going to experience different things and then you're still going to be able to connect back with, with the useful chaotic energy when you want to. Well, yeah. and I think there, there's a, a there's a line in chaos where you invite it in, but you have ways to contain it at the same time. Uh, yeah, I mean, you and I kind of talked about that, Jacob, as well. You know, like it, it felt like we compared to last year's fall gathering, you know, we invited the chaos in without really having uh, a solid contingency plan of how to like get it like keep it controlled and under control it was just kind of like that's why I, you know the first thing that came to mind was like a free-for-all almost where it was just like yeah we're you know <laughs> people were doing things inviting things and then it was just there's this there you know and we didn't really have a, a, a initial like plan to kind of keep it you know relatively contained or or at a certain not going past a certain level whereas this one i feel like you know going to my shadow work thing the first night uh you know i knew what i was doing was going to be intense for me uh considering you know what i was doing and why i was doing it and just the process of of me basically going out there uh spiritually unprotected you know i i didn't have any of my you know uh jewelry or talismans that i would consider any forms of protection uh, intentionally for what I was doing. But I, at least when I was prepping myself in the area for it, you know, I made sure to implement stuff that would keep whatever I was doing where I was at. 
to not potentially affect other people, you know? And yeah, sure. Some people caught on that there was things going down in the woods, but it wasn't like the fall gathering where people were, you know, we were, didn't have unchained. Yeah, they were. Right. Yeah, exactly. They weren't being indirectly sucked in, uh, you know, unbeknownst to them that, you know, uh, of what I was doing. So, yeah, I feel like there's. Unleashed. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like, yeah, there was a, a, kind of like what you were saying. Sure, there was a level of, of maturity in our practice with this one. And I think that's yeah. partially why, you know, that where that fulfillment comes into play is that we demonstrated that to such a a good extent that yeah i don't just do i, don't I know, think I what in other words describe it <laughs> you know something i'm still thinking of is you know just learning how to keep the you know if anything my greatest fear from coming from this gathering is how do you maintain this you know mm -hmm. how do you maintain this level of community this level of fellowship and i think you know again like it's one of the founding principles of the wisdom of odin community for what it is is you know it's just very unselfish you know no one there was there just for themselves we were there for a community and I think the community aspect is really how you maintain something because, you know, nothing there was done with any selfish intent. It was all done for the greater of the good, you know, the gods of the community of the spirits of the land. And I think as long as you're able to maintain that, and it's, it's, it's something I will always live by, you know, put those three things above yourself and things will continue on. Yeah. I mean, shoot, we talked about it with the looking more at the logistics side of things was we never had any issues as far as people volunteering to help with dishes and cleaning and stuff like that you know it was one of the most like well-organized machines as far as the logistic aspect of it went that you know that we've seen really so far well and again i you know i've be careful where i say this because like i don't want to point fingers at anyone in any particular it's just something after having 18 gatherings you begin to notice is the people that tend to help out and clean and you know partake of you know cooking and all that stuff and just being helpful going to the store when we need things those are the people that stick in the community for a while those are the people that mm -hmm. stick with the faith you know most of the people that you know don't tend to help clean you know the people i notice that i'm always like hey help clean you know they're always wanting to drink more they're always wanting to do something for themselves rather than helping the group as a whole um you know those are the people that eventually just give up the faith they're the ones that eventually just walk away from it. And, you know, again, I don't know how much we can dig into that, but it just seems like the people that really care about the, the community aspect of this are the ones that really get the most enrichment out of all, out of, all of it. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree with you on that one. It, it is like kind of looking back on it and kind of thinking about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, it makes sense because when you're in a community, you're going to help build it. If you really care about something like the gods the fellowship the folk you're going to help build it you're going to want to experience it and, and see it be as best as it possibly can be I'm trying to think of anything else uh from this gathering that really stood out for me i mean obviously again the video's out if you're listening to this podcast please watch the video i really want this video to i mean this this gathering the video everything the music behind it this is really when i want to you know move forward with the wisdom of odin this is really like such a combination of all the things we care about is in this video. So if you haven't already, please check it out. Uh, but you know, it's just, it's such a, it was just so peaceful, man. Like again, the Lord, the Lord of the Rings music in the video is there for a reason because it was just so peaceful. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. I'm sorry that I missed it. Uh, it's, it's Well, no, the premiere, well, yeah, the premiere is tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm talking <laughs> about like the gathering itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, yeah, you, know, you you had mentioned it 
to me and I'm sure a few other people, but like you, Jacob, you said this is one of the, the gatherings that you were able to just kind of like relax and take some time for yourself, you know, instead of worrying about, you know, what the hell is going on as far as timing and, and yeah. and stuff like that. Well, yeah, the, uh, well, I think it's again, you know, there's it, several different parts. One, everyone was so helpful. There was rarely mm -hmm. a point I looked at the house and I'm like, oh my God, it's so filthy. You know, like I never had that moment where I kind of freaked <laughs> out or, you know, there was never a moment I was worried about people getting beds. And the other part of it is I feel like we've just gotten to a good point of organization where, hey, you have two meals a day and you have the time for rituals. You know, in the mornings you have like morning announcements. At the evening, you have evening announcements and you prepare for rituals. You know, that's something that's really evolved since Yule last year. Because if you remember, I mean, both of you, Kentucky, uh, Kentucky uh, fall very, gathering. It wasn't very organized. No, we didn't have anything like that where, you know, we might, you know, talk about stuff like that. But it was nothing to the extent it is now. When you need that, I mean, organization is is a tool that needs to be utilized, especially when you have a gathering of 30 people, you know, you, you do need some some form of organization. Or otherwise, it's going to be pure chaotic energy. Right. Like and that's how you about. that's how you run out of food. That's how things don't get clean. That's how things don't get that, that's how things get broken. It's how you don't get checked out on time. It's how people charge you extra for the house you're staying in, you know. Um, you know, it's, it's true of anything in life. I mean, shoot, I was doing my finances this morning. You know, it's like, there's so many different aspects of life. It's like, yeah, you could not care about your finances. You can just go off and spend as much money as you want. And never look at your bank account, but that's how you also overdraft all the time. That's how you never have money in your savings. That's how you're not prepared for when something happens. And it's like, I hate planning and my money as much as anyone else, but I also see the benefit of it when I sit back and I spend two hours just figuring out my finances. Same thing with the gathering. When you actually take the time to gather everyone up for 15 minutes of their day talking about, hey, upcoming rituals, here's our checkout plan, here's what needs to be done. Hey, these, this chore is not getting done. If you take that 15 minutes, you know, twice a day, everything runs smooth. I would much rather take that, that 30 minutes a day to figure that out than just have pure chaos. Well, I mean, and, and for me, like coming from a, a, the Christian preacher background, that's, that's where the organization skills really you see the benefit of it from a church aspect because you have the different people in charge of like you know the finances the uh cleaning and, and the different things that it takes to really keep a church going together because like you know every sunday and wednesday if for uh the first baptist churches in town there's hundreds of hundreds of people in that building and you gotta organize that stuff and then, you know, so I can see the, the benefits of the organization bringing some of that from that to this, but not the religious aspect of right. it, just the pure organization part. Well, yeah. And I think that's, you know, there's always a balance to everything. You know, if you go too organized and everything is, you know, on a conveyor belt, it's not enjoyable. If it's right. like, okay, every hour there's a, a planned activity. It's like, ugh. like yeah. no one's, no one's going to actually enjoy that. No, and then, like you said, it's a balancing act and the key. You can have your, your, like you said, your 15 minute morning meeting and 15 minute afternoon meeting, and then your two meal plans. And then that's it. Everyone can go off. You can go do the, the small tier ritual or Uller or, you know, whatever, gather with whoever you want to talk to. You see, you know, and that's the beauty of the gatherings themselves. Yeah. I've got a question for you, Jacob. You know, what what uh do you have a particular favorite part of the gathering that 
you're willing to share? Oh, the potatoes for sure. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course the potatoes. What are you talking about? So, so I'll, I'll, I'll I'll talk about the potatoes. So, Oh, you want to control the narrative? I see how it is. Yes, I want to control the narrative a little bit on this one. Oh, come on! So, I want to hear. So, I want to hear the unnarrative version. I I was the alpha. I was the one that was there at ground zero with the potatoes. Okay, fine. You tell the potatoes. Story. Okay, okay, and then you can tell your version of the potato story. <laughs> so of course, I, the Hobbit filled potatoes. I woke up at like four in the morning on a Saturday morning. So the you know first night we were there, I went to go put on my boots pick up my boot and out rolls a potato one of my boots it's like where did this potato come from this is very strange and then i kind of looked at this ominous potato that falls out of my boot and i'm like i want this to surprise somebody else and, and in the middle of the basement where i was sleeping there was a card table and i just put the potato ominously in the middle of this card table <laughs> so when people woke up they were like why is there a singular potato chilling in the middle of this card table and it was great but of course I have to escalate this. I can't leave it at just the card table. So then, you know, Blade was also sleeping downstairs, Babushka is like, ah, I'm going to leave this in his pillowcase. And so Saturday night, I sneak it into his pillowcase, like right in the dead center. So he's going to lay on this thing. And, you know, and we get like a message in the discord at like 10 at night. And he's like, who put a potato in my pillowcase? <laughs> I'm like, yes, got him. And so then he goes to sleep. The next morning before he wakes up, I sneaks downstairs with a sack of potatoes and I sneak it into his bed next to him. And Ian at some point apparently had seen Blade cuddling with the potatoes on his chest. And like, I sure enough, like I forget about it. And like 11 o'clock rolls around, he finally wakes up and I come upstairs, I like walk into the sliding glass door and he's looking at me like a housewife that discovered I was cheating on her with a sack of potatoes in one hand and a singular potato on the other. And he's like, where did these come from? <laughs> and then it just became a joke of the weekend that we would just try to sneak potatoes in people's bags as they went home. So there's dozens of people that left this gathering with just random potatoes in their bags, um, including Ian uh, and myself and Blade, uh, who I think Blade had two potatoes in each of his shoes. Yeah. And then Ian, you had one in your like overnight bag. Yeah, I had one. So Blade had gotten me with it. He had, he had, found where i was keeping my uh like all my shower stuff like my my travel bag that i keep you know like your hygiene stuff in and uh he had put it in the bottom compartment where i keep like my beard shampoo and and stuff like that and i'm always very like careful about opening that that hygiene that the travel bag because especially in that compartment because i've had it for probably since i was in the military um you know, so it's it's been it's been through the the ringer quite a few times, and I'm very worried that those zippers on the bottom are going to break one day. So I don't always I don't open them fully. I open them enough to where I can stick my hand in there, grab those those uh, the shampoo bottle stuff, and pull it out without having to fully open it. And so it had, I think he had stuck it in there. I'm pretty sure the potato that he put in there was the one that you would put on the, the OG pillow. potato. Yeah, I think it was the OG. And so it was in, in that, that little compartment for the entire weekend. And then I found it uh, Tuesday morning. Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday morning. The gathering had only been over. I was, you know, showering and getting ready to head back from Virginia to uh, back to New Mexico. 
And for some reason, I just felt compelled to just fully open that compartment up. And as I do, there's this damn potato just staring me in the face. And I was just like, huh. Because at I first I so yeah, the, the the first the first person I, I assumed had done it was who I was, you know, staying with in Virginia. And I had sent a picture and a message to them and I was just like, hey, did you stick a potato in that thing? And they're just like, no, it wasn't, but I know who it was. And and you know, just they're just like, hey, just put in the Discord, uh, you know, to see who laughs the hardest. And finally, yeah, Blade had had called me on my drive back and uh he was giggling like a schoolgirl and just told me that it was him and he had been waiting for days for me to find it but yeah the greatest great. debacle well then i got jeff too Jeff was Barrel. funny that was jeff hilarious. was great that was top tier so uh he had put one on my windshield we were all leaving for cracker barrel and he put one on my windshield wiper and i thought it was blade because he was the one we were going back all weekend and sure enough as soon as i get to cracker barrel like potato like uh, you know well first off i didn't have the potato visible and heath actually revealed it he was like oh yeah you finally find just potato i'm like oh it was jeff okay <laughs> and i just started plotting and jeff's like ah why'd you have to say anything and so i strategically sat next to jeff and i had told him oh i had just turned my windshield wiper on and flicked it onto the road ha 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 meanwhile i had it in my pocket the whole time and um <laughs> Like I was planning this like nefarious plot. I was like trying to figure out where to sneak it on Jeff and he got his black coffee and he was just like, oh, so excited to have my black coffee. And I was like, ah, oh, this is where I got to put it. And so I texted Blade, who was like across at the other table. I'm like, Blade, distract Jeff. <laughs> and like, he's like, how? I'm like, just distract him. <laughs> and all of a sudden Blade's like, hey, Jeff, come here. I'm like, oh, yeah. And so he walks away and I sneak that potato right on top of his coffee cup perfectly. So it's just barely dipping in the coffee. Um, and he comes back and it's just it is just so funny looking at him like with this potato. And then he grabs it and just bites this raw potato that's been on my windshield <laughs> for 35 minutes. And it's like, again, you know, I think that's like this is a great way to start wrapping this up because we're almost at the end of the video anyways or this uh podcast because i think that's what's beautiful about this gathering and what really i i feel like these gatherings are evolving into is you know we were able to have this these deep spiritual moments um you know some really people some had some really good moments um some people had some really good revelations um some people was their first gathering they ever attended really first thing they've really done in the faith had amazing experiences a uh, fellowship leaders had a relaxing weekend where you know we all left fulfilled the we whole celebrated a birthday oh yeah we celebrated a birthday on sunday night as well um and, and, awesome. yeah and we sang uh sea shanties in the hot tub on his birthday <laughs> like you the she shanty oh yeah oh, i'm disappointed now oh man so we were all in this favorite. hot tub and uh it was dante who turned 21 i believe mm -hmm. and uh he had been waiting to drink until that night and uh like logan had his muspelheim mead his ghost chili mead and uh, it was his first drink when he turned 21. And then we just sang sea shanties for like an hour. This <laughs> hot tub. I, that would have been my favorite part of the weekend. So, I was like, I, man, I love sea shanties. Oh, I was like, dang, Dante, did you ever picture your 21st birthday being in a hot tub with a bunch of men you met three days ago, drinking mead and singing <laughs> sea shanties? <laughs> like, that's awesome. That is awesome. Oh, yeah, but yeah. 
Uh, to wrap that all up, potatoes. we had all these these great experiences. So many things happened, and all while this great potato like jinxing this uh, or you know <laughs> jokes going around trickery, pota- the great potato trickery, and it was just such a balance to everything. There was fun, there was humor, there was laughter, there was seriousness. Um, some people cried. I mean, people found their philgia. It's a great weekend, and I can't believe how much all happened in just three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. It was so in other words, sure, you have a lot to live up to at your gathering in a couple of weeks. Ooh, I'm actually <laughs> looking forward to it because some later people are like, oh, we can't wait to meet you. We will listen to the podcast. You know, we talked to the voice chat. And I'm just like, I'm just a normal guy, you know, but it's going to be good, <laughs> I think. All right. Well, Tim, I'm going to go and wrap this up because mostly I got to pee really bad. And uh, also <laughs> we're at the very end of this podcast, so it works out. So if you would like to be on the Folk Podcast, please email us at thefolkpodcast.gmail.com. We are responding to these emails now and trying to figure things out, plan things out, be a little bit more organized as we talk about organizing this episode. So we hope you enjoyed this. Um, please check out that gathering premiere, which is out today at this, uh, this episode. It'll be out basically when you're listening to it. So otherwise, thank you all very much. And until the hall. Scott's called.